Welcome to Hardware Addicts, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. Hardware Addicts is the podcast that focuses on the physical components that power our technology world. In this episode, we're going to discuss a laptop that's actually, get this, made to last. Not just built well made to last, but fully modular to upgrade the machine as your heart desires. Oh, and it's not some gigantic 8-inch thick monstrosity either. It's actually quite beautiful. We're then going to head over to the camera corner where Wendy will discuss a Zeiss camera with Adobe Photoshop built into the camera. This sounds awesome. So sit back, relax, and plug in because Hardware Addict starts now. I'm Ryan, your tech guide through the universe, and with me today are my two co-hosts, Wendy, a resident photographer extraordinaire, along with being a hardware enthusiast, and Michael, the software sage and hardware padawan. So let's find out what tech adventures everyone has had this week. Michael, please make up for the last time we did this show and you were talking about, I don't know, a treadmill or something. It was an elliptical, wasn't a treadmill. Okay. And yes, I do have something. Not only do I have something to talk about in terms of hardware, I have two things. So I got a new router that is for improving the, uh, once I moved, I needed to get a new router and I haven't done it yet until now. So that's fantastic. Having a new router, getting faster speeds, always a good thing. But people want to know what router you got. They don't just want to know you got a router. Which one did you pick up? I mean, okay, fine. It was a Netgear Nighthawk. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Nighthawk Stealth nice. or something. Those are a good one. Uh, yeah. So uh, basically it was one that Ryan told me to get. So that's why I didn't remember what it was because it was like, hey, you get this. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, but uh, it is got a good name, Nighthawk. Uh, that so is pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So um, it's still in the box, just so you know. What? So <laughs> it's been like a week. It's still in the box. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. It's good. It's going. It's going up today, probably, maybe. But I did get something else that I already took out of the box and have used multiple times already. They came on basically the same day or so. Uh, so that's I got some new lights. So a previous episode I talked about this like portable like video light that had like uh, tripod connectors and stuff like that. And I also informed people that I sent it back because it was nonsense and required me to have a GPS uh, like app attachment. And then I had, I had to sign up for an account. I had to give them GPS location access in order to just change the color of a light. That yeah, no. is ridiculous nonsense, awful garbage. And it took, and I was like, I need to find something that will do what I want and not be awful. And I did. Nice. I found a solution that doesn't do that nonsense. It doesn't even need a phone to do it. It actually has hardware switches and controls Imagine on that. the light. So you right? Crazy thought. So I can change the color. I can change the intensity. I can change the mode it's in and all that stuff. And it all does it on the device itself. And it also has those tripod connectors. Uh, and it also has a USB-C for charging. So you can just use whatever USB-C thing you have already for charging. Fantastic. So I wanted to test to see how good it was. And it essentially did everything I wanted to do. And here's the, the it's already good right there. But here's the, the kicker here. It's half the price as the other one was. Of course. Nice. Yeah. So I spent, I bought two. And it was technically about the same price as one of the other ones. So, like, yep, yeah, thank you. So, that's great. If, for those who want or are interested in checking it out, we'll have links in the show notes. Uh, but it is called a Litu Photo, I think. I'm not really sure how you're supposed to pronounce it. But it's L-I-T-U-F-O-T-O, Litu Photo. It'll have, we'll have links in the show notes for it. Very nice stuff. That's some real hardware there, Michael. I'm proud of you. Very, yeah. very proud of you. Finally. Yes. Except for the disappointment of not having your router out of the box. Good yet. point. We're not proud of you anymore. Okay. Wendy. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? No, no, we can't move on. You might be proud of you might be disappointed that part, but I did it's it's called baby steps, you know? I did open one of them. That's an improvement to the previous situations. Yeah. It's you know some it's some kind of improvement. But Wendy, <laughs> okay, a real hardware three, enthusiast that you are. Ones. You're not a Padawan like Michael. What have you been up to this week? <laughs> I 
picked up hardware for Camera Corner. So if you listened to the new Deal and Extend that dropped on Tuesday, you already heard me talk about them. I picked up an Atomos Connect and a Rode Lavalier mic. The Atomos Connect will connect directly to the Atomos Ninja that I have. And as soon as it came, I opened it up, pulled out my Atomos, pulled out my camera, put it all together, and it worked out <laughs> of the box with OBS on my Love Linux system. It. I also, <clears throat> Michael, opened up the microphone the same day and tested it. Oh, and... how? How could you? That's, that's <laughs> magic right there. Open the box. I don't understand. I actually tested the microphone on the kids today. They needed to do some videos for part of our school stuff. And I made them go through the pain of the set that I had set up to do my new headshots was still up. So I had the kids stand in there and had them put the lavalier microphone on. I haven't downloaded that video and played with it yet. So I don't know how good it sounds. But I'm really hoping that between these two new pieces of hardware that I will be able to do some this is how I shoot this. This is how I create this image. Nice. And then edit everything with you. I was originally going to use the, my existing microphone that I'm podcasting on now, but it's very directional. And I got to worrying about, depending on where it is, if I'm moving around tweaking lights, that kind of thing, I was afraid that sometimes you wouldn't be able to hear me or the audio wouldn't be great. So hopefully with this lavalier mic, everything will look good and sound good and you'll be able to see exactly what I'm doing for an extended camera corner. Very cool. Nice. I'm very curious about what you think what you think about this this love mic because I have a couple loves that are okay, but they're not fantastic and I have a Rode Pod mic for my podcasting stuff and it is fantastic. So, I'm curious how you ex what your experience is with this lavalier from Rode. So, be sure to definitely have a follow-up. It definitely wasn't the most expensive lavalier mic, but it wasn't the cheapest one either. This one ran right around $70. So I'm hoping that sound-wise, it's a little bit better. I also did get an extension for it because it wasn't just quite long enough, especially if I'm moving around. This is probably where a wireless one would come in handy. And I don't know how much that extension will affect the overall sound. I think it's a good one. It's just one of those things I'm going to have to play with. I wanted to do some playing with it, some more playing with it this last week. And I've just been a little too busy with different school stuffs. But I will. I need to get it tested out soon because I want the first extended camera corner to be out by April. So, Ryan, what did you do this week? Did you happen to do any hardware things at all? I mean, it's very rare that you do any hardware stuff. So I'm just curious. <laughs> did you? I know. It is so rare, isn't it? Actually, I have some really cool hardware stuff. So on my channel, the DOS Geek YouTube channel out there, I did a video about this situation that's really disturbed me as a tech enthusiast. And that is that a lot of these companies were purchasing this very expensive equipment from have known slave forced child labor all three within their supply chains and the names of the companies that are involved in this were many companies frankly that i've done business with i've spent my money with and the more i read about it the deeper this rabbit hole went as far as how involved how knowingly these companies are essentially doing this. And of course, we don't really get the savings passed on to us. I mean, hardware is more expensive than ever before. And even if it was, it would be worth it so that we're not buying things that are coming from a forced labor situation. But there is one company that I talk about in the video that has really stood out amongst all the others. And literally every institution that rates how companies are doing by from removing these things in their institutions, this company is consistently at the top, the best of the best. And it was interesting because it's also a company that I've had my ups and downs with. And I know many in our audience have as well. And that's HP from a laptop perspective. So I went on a quest after learning this to go get some of the more higher end HP laptops. Now, you know, I talked about last time, of course, having the HP 
X360 Spectre, the latest edition. I love that one. Been doing lots of filming, getting ready to talk about it on my channel. But I wanted something that would compete in the ultra portable lineup from HP as well. And that's where I found the HP Elite Dragonfly. Now, this is not for the faint of heart. This is a very expensive laptop. But what it comes with is outstanding. You get the nice 13.3-inch form factor. Again, we're talking ultra-portable. This is for travel. This is to shove into your bag and be able to take anywhere you go with you. So the 13.3-inch screen, perfect. 4K, ultra-high definition, touchscreen built in. The particular one I have is a year or two old, still under warranty, but a year or two old. It's the Intel i7-8565U, 16 gigabytes of RAM, 512 gigabytes of NVMe storage. The storage, the battery, fully upgradable, replaceable, which is very, very nice and unique. Backlit keyboard, magnesium aluminum frame, nice big trackpad, small bezel, lots of ports, basically hitting all of these factors that I look for in a laptop out of the park. It just feels good. It's a beautiful piece of work, beautiful laptop. So I'm very happy to report that not only been playing with this all week and utilizing this, and by the way, the keyboard is really good. In fact, the keyboard is so good that when you compare it to what I would consider for me, and this is something that a lot of people, you know, have different preferences on, but the magic keyboard that everybody talks about from Apple, I think this keyboard is as good, if not slightly better than the magic keyboard. And I don't have a laptop that I've ever purchased that I would say that about period from Dell, from Lenovo, anything. Um, wow. So it's a really, really solid construction. They did here top firing speakers so it doesn't shoot into your lap basically it's like they listened to this show and made a laptop <laughs> which is really nice. cool so i've got two of the hps on hand i have the hp elite i have the hp x360 specter that i'll be doing a side-by-side -side comparison because one of the things i've talked about on the show a lot is the really crappy screens that come with most pc laptops and now you're going to be able to see the oled screen inside the Spectre X360 compared to the Retina screen on the MacBook. And you're going to be able to see this 4K screen in comparison to the screen on the MacBook. I think it's going to make an awesome video. And you're going to see we're quite capable in the PC world, believe it or not, of producing quite amazing hardware out there. So it's been pretty fun going on this new adventure with HP. Nice. I'm looking forward it to seeing, like a lot the, of especially the, the monitor thing. I'm super excited about seeing like finally having a good monitor and a laptop for the PC world is, is very interesting. And also well done to HP for having a name that isn't nonsense. Like it is kind of off the wall in terms of dragonfly elite, but it isn't like a random combi combination of letters and numbers. So we can actually know what it is. So that's fantastic. So you can, I agree you can even, even it. the X 360 specter, but this is the one thing, even though I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying is that I wish HP wouldn't do, and that is name everything the X360 Spectre um, because they have so many versions of it that it's oh, like yeah. drowning itself out. And you don't know if you got the one that's fully upgradable or even the RAM's upgradable or you got the one that has the soldered on RAM but the hard drive and battery or not because there's so many variations. They keep using it too much. They almost need to find a way <laughs> to distinguish them, like the HP Dragonfly Elite 2 or the HP 360 Spectre 3 or, you know, something that gives me right. an idea that it's a different version. You'd have to know the specific model number of each one in order to know which one you're getting and what it has. But yeah, it defeats the point. <laughs> yeah, but they are cool names. I mean, they just need versions. Yeah, at least they're 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 on the right track. You know, they're, they're, they're sort of veering off a little bit, but at least they have some effort versus the other people and other companies that are doing awful names of stuff. So at least there's, I guess there's a little bit of a, of a potential there. Absolutely. Awful names of stuff, or you can be like Samsung or Apple and everything is, here's the 20. Woohoo! <laughs> you have the 20? How lame. I have the 21. <laughs> I have the 21S. Oh, man. This episode of Hardware Addicts is brought to you by DigitalOcean. 
DigitalOcean recently announced their new app platform service, which is a solution to build modern cloud-native apps. With App Platform, you can build, deploy, and scale apps and static websites quickly and easily. Simply point your GitHub or GitLab repository to the App Platform and let it do all the heavy lifting for you. It has support for multiple programming languages like Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, and Ruby. Plus, it also has support for static sites, Docker, and container images. With the App Platform, you get high scalability and zero infrastructure management. What does that mean? Well, you just do that. You simply point your GitHub repository or your GitLab repository, and it will handle the infrastructure for you, such as app runtimes and dependencies. And you can just basically push code to the to production in a few clicks. You also get to be able to run the code with little to no customization. App Platform uses open cloud native standards, so you can automatically analyze your code, create containers, and run them on Kubernetes clusters. As a listener of the Hardware Addicts podcast and a member of the DLN community, you can get started for free, actually better than free, because DigitalOcean is giving you a $100 free credit when you go to do.co slash DLN. Again, go to do.co slash DLN to get started with your $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's new app platform. I want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Hardware Addicts. So speaking of laptops, I am so excited. I think you shared this with me originally, Michael. You sent me the link for this, and I was just yes, blown I participated. away. You participated. Look at you. You get participation Woo-hoo. points. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about a company and a laptop, speaking of naming conventions, called Framework. And this company is on a mission to make an actually good-looking, fully upgradable laptop. That can be your sidekick, not just for a couple of years, not for four years or five years, but for life, because you can upgrade every piece of this laptop. Now, the- and it's also not based on like limited stuff or whatever, like you know, using old ARM chips or whatever. Like it's actually hardware you want to use. Yeah, and it comes with hardware you would like to use. We'll get into some of the specs here in a moment, but this is a really nice laptop that they're starting off with. So instead of starting off with something really cheap and then you can build around it, like they're giving you a nice premium setup to go. The company was founded in 2019 in San Francisco, and this is, again, their first laptop. It is thin. It is lightweight. So we don't have this, you know, because a lot of these modular laptops I've seen in the past, they're they're like practically as big as a desktop, like eight inches thick. You know, the bezels <laughs> yeah. 14 yeah, inches chunky. across. Giant bricks that they pretending to be laptops. Now, this is a milled aluminum housing coming in at 15.85 millimeters thick and 1.3 kilograms. 13.5 inch three by two screen. So three by two aspect ratio. With 2256, let me, let me say this again because I know PC people aren't used to not hearing 1920 by 1080. It's 2256 <laughs> by 1504. It actually has a good screen. What? I know. It's weird, and it's coming from a no-name company. Same as the Microsoft Surface laptop at that 3x2, 2256 by 1504. I'm pretty sure that's the same specs that the Surface laptop has. So when we talk about the three by two aspect ratio, ratio, I wanted to pause here for a second because I think a lot of people are probably more used to hearing the 16 to nine or 16 by 10. So aspect ratio, what, what is it, Michael? Well, it's basically the comparison between height and width. And, yeah, height and width. And essentially, the first number is the width. The second number is the height. And the 16 by nine is essentially saying widescreen. There's also super widescreen with 21 by nine, uh, like the ultra wide types. The three by two is not very common. And it's kind of, it's a little bit more squarish, but not so square as four by three, which is kind of weird in terms of like the numbers that are higher are actually more square than this one. But that's that's just how it works. And the the more square aspects of it is kind of interesting but because of the the way it's being a 2K monitor, it doesn't suffer from that the the old style of four by three. Like the old four by three laptops, I could not stand them because they just they wasted so much uh, space on the like most content doesn't look that good in a square form. So having a a, mo- a monitor that is square has always been problematic in my opinion, and. This one is different because you have a little bit, it's still square-ish more so than the 16 by 9 of course, but by having the 2K aspect um, and the aspect ratio having that 2K resolution, 
it kind of compensates for it and makes it a good experience. Wendy, is your mouth dropped? Because, I mean, Michael just did one heck of a good explanation there. I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> dang. Super awesome. Way yeah. to go, Michael. Look at you. Look at you. So 16 <laughs> by 9, best suited watching videos and playing games in general. This is kind of a general rule, right? 3 by 2 is going to give you more vertical space. So if you're doing productivity things, emails, web browsing, reading documents, writing, that 3 by 2 is really going to be awesome. And then a lot of people think 16 by 10 is considered a good balance between the two. 3 by 2, 16 by 9, giving you good video and productivity. And really, you may have some black bars and things that go across the screen, you know, when you're watching a movie in in high resolution. But the same thing happens on my TV all the time. And it's just something I've gotten used to. But some people, it really, really bothers. But to me, I like that ratio there, that three by two aspect ratio. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Three by two is actually good in that sense, too, because uh, it, it, it it gives up so much options that you can have a nice balance. I, I disagree with this. Like there is, it's kind of common for people to say that 16 by 10 is considered a balance between the two. I don't agree with that because 16 by nine is where most content is made. And 16 by 10 doesn't really offer that much. And it's really kind of a hindrance and a couple cases it's a hindrance. But the thing that annoys me the most is that when you have 16 by 10, it means you're still going to have a 1920. So if you want to have extra room to work with something so you can zoom in the full thing, but still be able to have all your, your, you know, your video editor GUI being available to you, that would be great. But you can't do that on, on a 16 by 10. It doesn't offer that. So it doesn't matter even. I think so, we found your subject, Michael. I, me and Wendy could just retire for the rest of this episode. Just, <laughs> no kidding. Just go, He's man. got it covered. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm put, impressed. To put aspect ratio into maybe film terms, if you're thinking a three by two aspect ratio, this is the same as a full frame camera or old style film. Very nice. Not only do you get this beautiful screen with this very cool aspect ratio, but you get a 1080p, 60 frame per second webcam. Can I get an amen up Heck in here? Yeah. I mean, come oh, yeah. on. Like, they didn't go even go with the cheap crap webcam. They actually put a good webcam in here, and it has hardware privacy switches. Oh, wow. That's, that's even better. Wow. That's that's super. Yeah. Also, the fact that it's, the, to be clear about the webcam stuff, most webcams that are inside of laptops are 30 frames 1080p if they ever get to 1080p 720 so this, most of them right yeah most if if they have 60 frames they're 720 they have the combination and usually of the colors in them are 60. crap yeah yeah that too like they are putting together one heck of a nice laptop that you would and, and that is one of the key things that's missing i don't think they're the first company i seem to remember a couple startups out there trying to do this modular laptop thing. We, we talked about, you know, being super thick or super huge bezels, having cheap stuff inside of them. It wasn't something that many people would want to go buy and then keep upgrading because it looked like a junky laptop. You went and bought it, you know, your local discount store. But this, this is, they're starting off premium. You're making that investment up front. This thing's not going to be cheap, I guarantee you. But you're making that investment up front with something that you can keep building onto and adding into and making better and better. But you're starting with just a great foundation. This also has a high cycle life battery, 55 watt hours, great feeling keyboard with 1.5 millimeter key travel. Now they're talking about their keyboard in the specs. How often do you see that anywhere? Nobody talks about the <laughs> keyboard, right? They don't pay attention to it because most people just looking at, does it have Intel or AMD inside? And that's where their knowledge stops or does it have lots of that storage stuff, but they're actually getting into the details here as they're talking about this project. You have oh, the yeah. size, but if it sucks to type on, why in the heck do you want to pack this thing around and work on it? It's built to be a lightweight laptop. And the fact that they're talking about keyboard specs is a plus in my book. Yeah, the fact that they're talking about keyboard specs is really cool. And in addition, I know we, we've talked about the modular thing, and we're probably going to get to the, like the full-blown stuff in a second. But I just wanted to say they're talking about the, the keyboard because they are they, they sing it's great feeling and it's a good keyboard. But they also offer when they come up with a better keyboard, you can replace the keyboard. Like what? Exactly. 
So even if you don't like it, it's not fit for you. You could just change it out. They're also not going cheap on the processor. 11th gen Intel Core processor configuring with Wi-Fi 6E, up to 64 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM, 4 terabytes or more of Gen 4 NVMe storage. But that's not all. We're not even done yet. Expansion card system makes adapters a thing of the past, letting you choose exactly the ports you want on which side of the notebook you want them on. They're giving us Southpaws something to really be happy with here. Four bays you can select from USB-C, USB-A, HDMI, DisplayPort, microSD, ultra-fast storage, high-end headphone amp, and more. So you don't like the headphones because you need an amp, you got some more powerful headphones in your bag, no problem. Go ahead and take a module and put it in there with a nice high-end headphone amp. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling over here. Let me get a napkin. On top of, can you make it through the rest of this? I don't know if I can. I'm getting geek chills over here. You got socketed storage, Wi Fi, two slots of memory. Yeah, you can actually change the memory. I, I know, I know the Dells and Lenovo's and Apple's out there are uh, spitting out their coffee as they hear this. But yes, these machines, you can actually take the memory out and then put more memory in. It's fascinating. It's not soldered on. Yeah, no, it's. <gasps> Something else. I, I don't understand what you're saying right now. This doesn't. This sounds like <laughs> you know fantasy. It is fantasy. I'm telling you. If I if I hadn't seen this article and read this for myself, I would think this whole thing is a fantasy. The entire main board can be swapped out to boost performance when they update the new CPU generations. And I would imagine they don't say this here, but I would imagine if you can swap out the whole main board, you could probably swap this out for an AMD if you wanted. Let's say you wanted a Ryzen, you don't want the Intel anymore. Pretty sure you could probably do that. That'd be really cool. That would be amazing, yeah. You could be like, you know what? I want Intel today. No, AMD. Yeah, let's do AMD today. It, I mean, it would we'll be a choice. Tomorrow. You would modularly be able to switch out your machine that easily once you got used to building this thing and taking it apart and putting different parts in. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Your battery, screen, keyboard, color, customizable, magnetic attached bezel. Magnetic attached bezel. So if you've ever done laptop screen replacement, anytime recently you basically have to in most cases take a hot air station and you have to slowly keep going over and over the hot air station over the screen until the glue loosens up and you can pull it off you hope you can pull it off without cracking the screen to pieces to get that first layer of the screen out before you can actually get to the rest of the parts. And then when you're done and you're putting it all back together, guess what you have to buy? You have to buy another glue strip that goes around that screen to try to get it put back in place. And you can never get it quite as well as the factory did. It's very difficult to do. I won't say never, but it's very difficult to do. This is just magnetic. It just pops off. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's, it's like they're thinking about every little piece of it, which is just so impressive. Like it's already cool to have all these things, especially like the expansion card system. That when I saw that the adapters that you can have different things, you just were like, you know what? I, I'm gonna. Rep- I need to use a Display Port today. I'm gonna switch it over. Like that stuff is so awesome to have that as a a possibility, and the fact that in theory you could create your own, you know, whatever. I, I'm so I'm so interested in this thing. I'm 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 a hardware person in the terms of like I'm getting towards into hardware. I'm very interested in getting forward into it. Uh, I'm not really an enthusiast yet trying this one. This thing is making me an enthusiast. Like this is incredibly exciting to me. I would spend some serious money for this machine. If what everything they're saying here is going to come to fruition and I hope we can get them to send us a test unit, then I, I would put some money down because you're, you're basically, I don't have to keep cycling through my laptops every five seconds, right? I can, cause you know, I go through laptops quite a bit. Uh, throughout a year. So this would make it so that if I want to go swap something out and have a different feel, have a different look, have a different screen, I could do that with one machine, which is just incredibly powerful. QR codes on each item take you directly to guides in the listing in their web store if you need to replace the part. So this is a huge deal for anybody who's into the right to repair situation where a lot of companies now, it used to be you'd get into laptops and computers and the companies wanted to make sure that The folks who are working on the machines, whether it be a small shop like 
what I grew up with with my father and you would have the listing of the part and you could go on the site and you could order that exact replacement part. Now they tried to be as obscure as possible. They try to remove blueprints from a lot of these companies. They're manufacturing these stuff offline. They don't want you to know how the circuitry works. They don't want you to know the part numbers. They don't want you to replace it. They want you to go buy a new laptop instead. Well, they kind of taking care of that. Like you said, they thought about everything. They're taking QR codes, putting on each item, you scan it with your phone, pops up in the web store, shows you the listing for the item. Maybe you can find something generic if you wanted to. Instead, you would have that option here, potentially uh, making it so that this is a fully repairable device, which I love. Well, yeah, I like- love this as a right to repair de- device. I know that is one thing we've talked about before and something I love. The other thing that kind of popped into my mind as we're talking about this laptop is you can truly build the laptop that is suited for your needs and your purposes. It doesn't have to be an everybody laptop, a one-size-all-fits laptop. You can build this specifically for what you're going to be using it for. Yep, and if that changes, you can change it out to change with you. So you can change as you need, like, now I need more RAM. Well, if you get one of these laptops, especially a lot of the latest Dells and Lenovo's and everything else, you're going to have soldered on RAM. You're going to have to buy a new laptop. You want more RAM. Not with this one. You're just going to swap it out, which is pretty yeah, awesome. That's, that is so cool. And what it, it's, it's actually kind of blows my mind about what the potential for this is. Because if you think about like a previous episode, a few episodes ago, we talked about our dream laptops. And this could actually be it because we could individually, we could all individually create our dream laptop with this as a framework like that is so cool you know you bring up a good point i wouldn't even have put this i wouldn't have considered these things in a dream laptop because it would have been so ridiculous during that segment to talk about my dream laptop being able to do all this with that it would be like saying i want a unicorn in the backyard too that i can fly on to work (laughs) And, and yet here it is right it's it's here somebody's actually thought of all of these different things the partners can build and sell compatible modules through the framework marketplace. So they have partners, maybe again, that partner becomes AMD or whoever, they'll have their different modules uh, that they can sell there. So way for their partners and them to make additional money on the various modules that will be coming out. They also thought about the fact that, hey, we're building all these new laptops and putting them out there. So let's make them out of 50% post-consumer recycled PCR aluminum and an average of 30% PCR plastic. So they're using a lot of recycled materials here, which I thought was a nice touch as well. Very nice. I can hope that our recycled cans are going to make this laptop. You know, now I don't feel (laughs) bad about all those recycled cans because I'm helping build framework. (laughs) Exactly. They also have a do-it-yourself edition. This is the one that I would go for. The only high-end notebook available as a kit of modules that you can customize and fully assemble yourself. And I'd want to do this because I'd want to know this thing inside and out so that I can really take the modules to the next level. And with the do-it-yourself, you have the ability to choose your OS, which they mention if your preference is Linux, then you can do that. If your preference is Windows, you can put that OS on it, but you could choose your OS with the do-it-yourself edition. And it even comes with the screwdriver for you to build it. What? It doesn't have ridiculous, like crazy screws that make no sense and no one ever has a, a screwdriver for? What? I know. You don't have to go buy some Oh, special I now have the kit. screwdrivers. Well, the problem well, is, is remembering where all those gosh dang screws go back in. That's true. You know a trick I do for that? When I'm taking apart a machine, I usually draw it on a piece of paper beside it and I draw little circles on the, the piece of paper where the screws are and then I put them screws in those little circles and that works wonderful until your kids come up and knock it and all of them go everywhere. But (laughs) if you can keep your kids out of there, it's pretty awesome. See, and I've used a strip of tape and then lined the screws on them as I go, which helps. But then if you didn't see a screw and you pulled it out, then you're no longer in order anymore. That's true. That's true. So this one will have regular screws with the screwdriver, even if they're not regular screws, they're going to give you the screwdriver anyway, so you can get in. It's meant to be gotten into, which is (laughs) awesome. So I think overall, this thing accomplishes a couple of things. Consumer choice of OS, love it. Reducing e-waste, love it. Right to repair, teaching people how to build and repair their own electronics again. Absolutely amazing. Beautiful form factor. A couple things that still caught my attention that I know we're, we're in the world of wishes here. And I hope they have a commitment 
to not using forced or slave labor. Now, Intel is another company that's really high up there and having a fantastic reputation with this. So I was pretty happy, you know, it's got an Intel in and other things, but making sure that the partners that they choose have a clear stance on that, I think would be amazing to see them talk about that because nobody else in the laptop world really is. And I was a little concerned with them mentioning their marketplace that compatible modules you could buy through their marketplace of, is this going to be a locked ecosystem where, you know, you're, you're going to be forced to buy a special module that has the extra RAM you want built onto it. I don't think that's the case, but that's a fear I'm bringing up a special module connector you would have to use. So you can't go and say, just buy your own RAM off the shelf. That would be a fear for me. Yeah. I think that that their, their module marketplace thing they're talking about is the, those little card systems. I don't think that they require you to do that for every piece, but just like if you wanted to have the port configurations and stuff like that, that you would have to do a module structure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I, that's what I hope. That's, that's just my interpretation of what they said. Don't know if that's what they meant, but uh, that's what I would assume that they're going for because they talk about having the, uh, the schematics and the specs of the modules being open for the marketplace and, that would be fantastic. That's fantastic as a concept. And when I first read it, I was like, okay, of course, it's got all the things that I want. It has got this, this expansion card module system. Sure. And then it's going to be locked down. You got to get these. Oh, wait, you have a marketplace that anybody could make their own module. Okay. Now I'm super interested. Yeah. It's, it's very cool the way around. And, and I just wanted to mention those two things. That one specifically is just a potential fear yeah. to make sure that they don't lock the, the marketplace so much. It, even if they did, though, I don't know how mad I would be. I, I do think the big hang up for me would be really making sure that they have a commitment on using devices that are not forced or slave labor behind them. I think that would be a good stance considering they've taken so many amazing stances here and are fixing so many known issues out there in the PC market today. It's huge. They also have a very talented team working on this. They have founding team members of Oculus uh, in design and engineering operations across Apple, Google, Lenovo. So they've. this is not some kind of group of people that have never built machines before. This is a group of people who are very talented that have come together to build this thing. So I think the capabilities here of everything we've talked about are certainly within their skill set. Well, we don't have a release date and we don't have a price yet. Those two things we will give you an update on as soon as we have those two things. And hopefully we can convince Framework to send us a review unit. But why would they? Because I'm going to buy one anyways. But I shouldn't have said that on here. Dang it. Yeah, Shh, that, that's just off. to be beta testing to make sure it's as possible, as great, as, as good as it can be. That's what you meant. Yes, that's, what, that's meant. what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. But let us know what you think about this machine. I'm super pumped about it. Got me geek squealing over here. Yeah, I, I, it's got me interested uh, more so in hardware than I normally would be. It actually has me... Okay, I'm going to blow your minds right here. It has me interested to actually build it with the DIY part. Oh, Michael. I mean, who wouldn't want the DIY kit? Michael, really? but we don't want I, Michael getting that. Michael, no. No, Michael. You're probably not wrong. <laughs> It'll just sit in a box for six interrupt. months. Oh, no, yeah, uh, that's ridiculous. That. Maybe two, but no more than two. <laughs> well, we'll help you out. Years. All right. <laughs> this episode of Hardware Addicts is sponsored by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the password manager that we use and trust. Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your passwords, as well as additional authentications such as master passwords and adding phrases to fingerprint security, all to keep your passwords safe. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for individuals, teams, and businesses to store, share, and sync their sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started for free. Bitwarden is the password manager that I use to trust because it is 100% open source. You can self-host it, plus they do security audits and share that information with you. Go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started for free. Want that premium account starting at just $10 per year? You get one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step authentication with YubiKey, U2F, or Duo, Vault Health Reports, TOTP Authenticator Storage and Generation, plus priority customer service. 
make the smart move like many of the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started for free. If you're like me, though, you're going to want to support this awesome open source project and get that premium edition, especially where it starts at just $10 per year. Thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Hardware Addicts. All right, Wendy, take us into the camera corner and tell us about this new camera with Adobe Photoshop. Isn't that crazy? When I think of Zeiss, I think of glass. They make some of the most quality camera lenses there are out there. They are extremely expensive, but they are worth the money because it's crystal clear. They're super precise in their manufacturing of glass. And so I didn't even know that they had a camera available. We were doing a pre-show for DLN Extend. And I don't know, we got to talking about money and cameras and things we need and didn't need. And I'm like, I don't need a $6,000 camera, but I want one. And I was talking about the Sony we'd been over before. And my co-host, Mass, is like, oh, is it that new Zeiss camera? I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is this camera you're talking about? So I had to go check it out. And oh, my goodness, it's pretty. They put so much fine tuning into their lenses that I was excited to see what they do with this. So if you're looking at a picture of this Zeiss ZX1. Now, this is a small is camera. Sleek. It's small. It, does, it's not, it doesn't look like your typical SLR camera. No, it's not. This is also a mirrorless like most of the Sony cameras are. Or actually, I think all of the Sony cameras anymore are mirrorless. So this is also a mirrorless camera. It has a full frame sensor, so the same size as the old school 35 millimeter film. This one does have a fixed lens though, so you cannot go back and forth changing the lens. It's 35 millimeters and an F2 lens. What does that mean? It means that it can actually let in a lot of light some cameras can let in a little more light than that, but this one actually lets in a decent amount of light. I worry sometimes about these fixed blend cameras. How good are they actually, especially where this camera is starting at? Get this, $6,000. $6,000 for a fixed lens camera. That's a lot Ouch. of money there, $6,000 for this. That's a lot yeah. of money. Do you have one but yet? What is that? No. <laughs> but they could always send me one to test. That's true. <laughs> I wouldn't mind at all. But what are you getting with this, this camera? Why is it worth $6,000? Well, for one, you know that you have a quality lens in front of that sensor. And I've said it again and again and again. If you have a fixed budget... Go with the better lens over the more advanced camera body because the quality of glass in front of that sensor makes a world of difference. So you know right out of the gate they have amazing quality when it comes to their lenses. You know that they're going to be putting that quality into the camera body that has their name on it. The other thing that I love about this camera is it has a big, wide, crystal clear screen. The only thing that I find a little interesting is there's a bend to the back of that camera body. And from the pictures that I can see, that almost translates a little bit into that, that screen element. That dividing line, that tweak line is almost right where some of the sensor controls are. And I think that's more for comfort in general as you're holding the camera. But I would love to see how that actually feels in hand. It's kind of an interesting thing to see in the product pictures of it. Now, that's a beautiful touch OLED screen as well. So it's really going to be bright and beautiful, even though it's kind of small for a screen of editing yes. like 4.3 inches. It's not small for a camera, but small in the idea of screens. Yeah, 4.3 inches. If it was, you know, your phone anymore, most phones have larger screens than that. So it is a little bit smaller, I think, on the editing side, and we will get there. But as far as this camera, it's also mirrorless. So you need that super crystal clear screen because that's what you're looking through most of the time to adjust and make changes to your images. Now, 
This is something that I have never seen on any camera before. It comes with automatic over-the-air OTA firmware updates. Nice. Mm. Oh my goodness. Plus, it has USB-C on this camera, so you can have your internal memory to take your pictures, or you can have a, a or you can have it attached to a USB drive and have that much more space. But part of the reason why you'd want to be connected to Wi-Fi with this camera is because it does have built-in Adobe editing for these images. And I find this absolutely crazy. Now, this is an additional subscription fee, though. I think it's really, really cool. But I see that it says you get one year free. And then afterwards, you got to kind of pay for that for Lightroom, I guess, is what it comes with. But that's still pretty intuitive. But how much editing could you really do on a, on the device itself to make that worth it? I'm not sure. I'm not... I'm not super big with using Adobe myself. Anybody who listens to any of the shows know that I'm a big Lightroom fan. But most of the industry is in that Adobe Photoshop Lightroom kind of area. A lot of people that would be picking up this camera already have Adobe subscriptions. So that's probably not an issue to most of them. I don't know how much like fine-tune editing you could do. You wouldn't want to do anything, I'd say, dramatic. But say you're out and about and you're shooting something that you want to share on social media. You're doing this for a client and the images are being shot there and directly going on to their Instagram page or whatever. As long as you're getting most of it right in camera, you could do some quick edits using Wi-Fi and have it ready to go. Send it to your phone and have it ready to go onto their Instagram account. Instagram account. This would be extremely tight turnarounds for specific workflows. Now, you mentioned, I, I think you made a mistake and said you use Lightroom, Lightroom uh, people who know you, but you're, oh. you're talking about Darktable, correct? I am talking about Darktable. There's times where I have mixed oh, raw yeah. therapy with Darktable, and I've called it Dark Therapy. I think it was Dark Therapy. <laughs> you there combined the two? <laughs> I did. I was on an episode of Deal and Extend. I'd combine the two. And in saying that, I actually wish I could mesh those two programs together cool. in different ways. But yes, yes, my preferred editing program is Dark Table. So if you're already <laughs> using an Adobe software, this would help out that way. Another thing that I find cool is if you connect this with your storage system, you can upload the images directly to your NAS. And so you have automatic backup. I like that. That is very cool. I like yeah. the setup of the controls on this camera as well. I know that editing seems like it would be really difficult, but in looking through these images, at least the way they've created these thumb knobs and various dials I could see how you could intuitively be able to make changes pretty quickly to some pictures for, especially like you said, if you had a client where they needed the pictures immediately after you were finished, you could do some pretty good edits here across the board with the integration. And by having those dials the way they have probably wouldn't be too difficult to do. But I'm wondering, is this a Photoshop in the same way that the phones are where it's like not really Photoshop, it's like Photoshop light and it's like a, you know, a basic filter system and that sort of stuff that would make sense for the phone to or the phone for the camera to have. But it wouldn't make sense for a full blown Photoshop to me because I have a lot of. No, experience it with wouldn't Photoshop. be your full blown. Yeah, it wouldn't be your full blown Photoshop. There's way too many fine tweaking details in Photoshop that would be way too hard to pack on a screen that size. Right. Yeah, it's interesting in the so concept it, of having the, the really high quality uh, screen to do it. You said it's, a, it's an OLED screen. That would be interesting. Yeah. So I, I think that's cool because you could be able to have like really deep colors. So the having it directly on there does make sense for that. But just to kind of like talk about having Photoshop on it, anybody who's professional using in Photoshop would not be using that kind of a tool because it's not going to be. Maybe they will now, Michael. Ah. Okay, sure. Why not? 
Yeah, got him. You're you're not going to be doing a full-fledged image cuz in Photoshop you can take multiple images and do some crazy edits to them. Are you going to be doing those dramatic pieces where you're adding all of these extra elements and brushes and all of that stuff? No, that is definitely not what the implementation of editing is for. Heck, on my current Nikon cameras, they have a basic editing feature in them that I can do and then send it to my tablet now. This will give you far more control and for people that are already using this type of software, some of those controls, some of those settings, all of that stuff will be more familiar. Is it going to be your full-fledged editing? Absolutely not, but it will give you more control than, say, the standard quick edits that you have on other cameras. Okay, fair enough. I mean, that sounds kind of interesting. It's still, to me, it feels like a solution in search of a problem, but it's 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 kind of interesting. So, Wendy, will you be buying one of these? Would you buy one of these? I would love to play with one. I don't know that I would want to own one. And the biggest reason for me is, A, I don't use Adobe Lightroom, and that is one of their big features of this one. The other thing is it is a fixed lens camera. I knew that was going to come up. I really like my lens choices. I love my lens choices. I pick, even when we are out as a family in the mountains, right? We're on a camping trip, and I'm taking pictures of my family. I am still making specific lens choices at the time. Yes, I take my full camera bag with me. I put it on. We go hiking and I have all of my lenses with me. <laughs> so I pick the lenses that I want for shots of my children. Makes sense to me. Every photographer I know, they want to be able to swap out that lens. But for people like me and Michael, this might be a good choice. We just got to come up with $12,000 in our budget so that we can have one <laughs> or, and use That'll it as a perfect. webcam. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> It is one of those things that it's a lightweight. You don't have to worry about dust on your sensors much, right? Because you're not changing lenses back and forth. So for certain people and certain types of jobs, I think it is a good option for them. But because it is a fixed lens camera, it is definitely not the best option for most photographers. All right. Well, that's it. Our 31st episode of Hardware Addicts is a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show that brings you your biweekly tech fix. And if you're not all lit up on tech yet, then be sure to check out all the great content on the Destination Linux network. Head right now, I'm serious, to destinationlinux.network and check out all of the amazing podcasts and YouTube partners available there. There's so much to fill your brains with. Remember, there's no such thing as too much hardware. Learn, build, innovate, and grow. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next time for another modular 3x2 episode of Hardware Addicts. Nice. Done.